Welcome back to another episode of the Launchpad Podcast. My name is Joshua Launch, and I am joined today by my stunning bride. What's up, everybody? Today, I got to pick the attire for this episode, and I chose nothing. We're only wearing <laughs> socks. Decided to change it up in mood and in light of today's topic, which is... Sex and being naked. The naked truth. The and naked honestly, truth. honestly, if you could guess that Josh would pick nothing to wear... You know us very well because, yeah, you just you just know Josh. So anyway, he made a bet with me that we would not do this podcast naked. Naked, and if you know me at all, I never back down to challenges. So here we are. We're butt naked, and Heck we yeah, have we are. So, Josh, tell us a little bit about what this episode's going to be about. Today we're going to be talking about sex. We've received a lot of feedback based on our last episode, and we wanted to really share tips and tricks and things that we've learned from our friends, um, from counselors, from people who have a lot more knowledge on this than we do. These are things that have helped our marriage, it's helped our sex life, and it's helped every other area of our marriage flourish. And we wanted to share these in light of that. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, you know, all comedy and nakedness aside, um, the inspiration for being naked really comes from a place of like being vulnerable and just being open with each other. Um, And so we're going to share six tips with you. We call them the six sexy tips for how to improve your sex life. Um, And number one is all about being naked. And so why are you just literally just just over here giggling, looking at me? (laughs) I'm dead. Okay, so tip number one is get naked and talk. And so what this means and what this point is for us is whenever um, we're having a, a disagreement, like a big fight, not a small little squabble or just, you know, you guys aren't seeing eye to eye on something little, but really a big fight. Um, and you need to take some time to get away from each other, cool off, and then come back later on and talk about what you're feeling. Sometimes something really fun to throw in there to spice it up is when you come back to talk about it, come back and be naked with each other. Sit down on the couch you both don't have clothes on or go lay down in the bed. And what it's going to do is it's really going to diffuse that anger. It's going to diffuse the situation because there's something about it. I don't know, Josh, maybe you can attest this, but when we're both naked, it's like we're not mad anymore and we're just talking about what happened. Well, have you ever seen a man sad looking at a pair of titties? Oh my gosh, get (laughs) out of here. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt, okay? Have you ever seen a man sad when he's looking at titties? No, okay. Anyway, so yeah, that's my point is, you know, just get naked and talk, try it out when you're having a fight, and then report back to us and let us know if it's helped your marriage and if it kind of helps move forward into maybe a makeup sex situation. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, hit us with number two. Number two is communication comes first. This is really going to help all of your sex life. It helps you with communicating your needs, your wants, your desires, getting to hear that from your partner as well. And just sharing what you really expect for your own sex life and for y'all's relationship. So communicating to your partner what this does is it helps you both understand what your wants and needs are. And and this deepens your sex life too because it's no longer just having sex. You know now that you're fulfilling your partner's needs and that means a little more. Asking each other about each other's fantasies or different kinks or if you're curious about something, that's something that needs to be communicated about. I think sex a lot of times, especially the way we grew up, has been a little taboo to talk about or in your family, it wasn't like the topic of conversation. I didn't have siblings that I could ask. So all my information was from my parents or from friends at school. So a lot of times 
you know, I didn't realize I could talk about it with you. Or right. I, didn't, I couldn't say, hey, this is what makes me feel good. Um, I didn't realize that that wasn't a weird conversation to have. And so once we started communicating and open up more, it left no room for assuming or having expectations that weren't met, which is a lot of times what's causing that underlying bitterness is one person is expecting that they get sex more than the other. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a huge part of it. So leading into the next point, schedule it. Put it on your calendar. Having sex, even though it may feel routine or mundane to write it down or to have a time on your calendar like it's an appointment, it's going to make sure that you don't miss it. You know, if you have a work meeting that you have to be at at 2 o'clock, you're going to make time for it. You're going to make it a priority. Why shouldn't sex be the same same way? That's something that's so important and critical for your marriage to thrive. So treat it like it's of importance, like you do everything else. Right. Right, and I think whenever you have sex taken care of on the schedule, you now have all the other energy and focus throughout your other area or throughout your day to focus on other areas of your relationships, like intentional time, talking, going on dates, investing in each other as an individual. You know, you know that problems in the bedroom are really marriage problems. And when sex is taken care of, it seems like a lot of those marriage problems start to diffuse. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We're, we're going through these fast guys. Number four, what's our fourth tip? Just keep sex separate. Keeping it separate. What does that even mean? It means keep it separate from your relationship. Your relationship being your time together at home, interactions at work, interactions during the day of like mundane life. And keep keep it separate from that. Sex is icing on the cake for your relationship, you know. It relieves relieves your stress. It gives you a rush, a workout, a chance to be with your partner and to literally be one with them. Mm. And keeping this separate is essential for having a, I think, healthy relationship. Because if sex is an icing or it's a treat, it's something that can only benefit your experience. It can only benefit your time together. And so I've I've learned that whenever you necessarily don't want to have sex, oftentimes is better for your relationship than whenever you are in the mood to have sex. Yeah, totally. I think that's a really great point. And I think keeping sex separate is a great topic. But I know as a woman, this can sometimes be harder for us than men. Um women's brains are like spaghetti noodles and we have so many thoughts going on at once. And a lot of times I know for me, it's hard to separate those thoughts. And if I'm angry or upset with something that happened at work or something that happened with friends, I can't really get my mind off of it. And it's hard for me to like forget about that. Like dissociate? Yeah. It's hard for me to forget about those things to where I want to have sex or I want to calm down for a second and really engage with you because I can't turn my mind off. Um, and I think guys have, you know, brains like a cabinet or like a, yeah. a filing cabinet. You know, they have certain boxes for every little thing, whether it's sports or work or family or sex. They can pull out that box and just focus on that and cut everything else out. Um, and so I think knowing that men and women are different and how they think. Um, and then, like you said earlier, finding that middle ground. Okay, guys, understanding and being a little more intentional that maybe your wife is just going through a lot and she's not meaning to put you on the back burner. It just, she's having a hard time de-stressing. Mm-hmm. And for women being more intentional, knowing, hey, maybe I need, to, I need to figure out how to put my things aside for 30 minutes at most. Because, I mean, honestly, who has sex longer than 30 minutes on a regular basis? I mean, if you could do, great. Sometimes it lasts an hour and you have a whole experience, but if you're just Sometimes having, it lasts 30 seconds. Yeah, like the average sex time, <laughs> I think, on Google is like 12 minutes. So even like 12 minutes is a long time, I feel like, for like the actual act of sex. 
But anyway, another another conversation for another time. But just being able Don't to... Don't help me out like that. Oh, my gosh. You added yourself on that one, boy. I didn't do anything. But anyway, just, you know, both parties being more intentional with each other. So that way, you know, you can have the best relationship and keep sex separate from all the other problems that are going on in your life. So, um, yeah. What about number five? Number five, ditch the routine. The same sex, the same place, the same time. Explore new same options. Position. Yeah, like don't just do the same thing over and over and over again. It gets yeah. boring. It gets mundane. If you're the type of person that's like, oh, I'm too tired at night. I can never have sex at night. I can only have sex in the morning. Well, freaking pick one night of the week where you can have sex before you go to sleep. Or you can have sex before you watch TV or something so that you can switch up your routine so you don't do it just in the morning. Or on the opposite side, if you only have it at night, switch it around and have morning sex. Brush your teeth first so maybe your partner isn't disgusted by you. <laughs> like, it's morning breath is not cute. At least I'm not no. a fan of it. So, like, take care of yourself. Go shower, get ready. Then come back in bed for, you know, 10 to 15 minutes and be intimate. It doesn't necessarily have to lead to sexual intercourse. It could just be, like, rubbing each other or complimenting each other or, I don't know. What other ways do you think? I think just spending intimate time together. Intimacy is literally just the act of being close and being one. Mm. Um, and so whatever that looks like, some days it will be sex. Some days it'll be sitting there. And if your partner's going through it, maybe just like sitting and holding them, praying with them, encouraging them, mm-hmm. speaking life into them, whatever it is. But um, what are some ways you want to be more intimate with me hmm. that are not involving sex? I think getaways. Getaways. Yeah. What do you mean? I mean, like getting away from the house, going on trips, yeah. staying the night somewhere, or just going on day trips. Um, all of them. I think getting away to a new city, a new town, staying in a new Airbnb. Like one time we went to Kansas. I took her up there last year. Um, it was around December, I think it was, and we went up and booked this like barn dominium. There were horses staying right outside our like front door. We were inside the barn it with was them. Awesome. It was awesome. This cozy, beautiful little cabin. Took our dog and. Um, just went and spent intimate time together. And, like, was there sex? Yeah. Was there intimate time other than that where we were sitting and just walking through the woods looking at our Mm -hmm. dog run chasing deer? Yeah. We weren't on our phones. We weren't doing our same typical routine of being in our house, you know, using the same showers, putting on the makeup in the same place. Like, it was totally different. It spiced up what we were doing and made everything feel new and fresh. Yeah. And what what we felt when we came back was we felt rejuvenated. Everything was, um... Almost like a fresh start. And I think that's what I always feel whenever I do go on trips with you. Yeah. Is when we come back, we're rejuvenated in our work. We're rejuvenated in our spirits. We're happier. We're easier on each other and easier on ourselves, I believe. And so just finding time to be intimate and to get away like that. What's another way for someone to get intimate and um, ditch the routine? Yeah. I think a really good way to keep it intimate is to have sex in a different room in your house. So um, the other day, what we actually did was we lit some candles. We turned on our little ring light, played our record our record player in here, which is in the Launchpad studio on this nice emerald couch we're sitting on right now, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had sex in here because this was a room that we just recently decorated. We hadn't christened it yet, but we made the experience something else. And it's literally three feet from our bedroom. So you don't have to travel far or to go outside of your house to spice it up. You know, maybe it's making a fort at your house and like 
putting candles and music on outside of the fort. That's what we did during COVID. You know, my like we're at my parents' house. You know, we had hung up the sheets on the on the ceiling. You remember that? And we like made a little fort out of it. I don't care. Josh is laughing at me. He's like, we can't tell them we had sex in my parents' house. So anyway, that was really fun. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you should you're totally, savage. You should totally build. You're a savage. I am a savage. You're like so scared. Who cares? Uh-huh. Okay, anyway. <laughs> yeah, we built a fort, and I highly encourage you to build a fort, too. And just find ways outside of your bedroom to have sex. or Get in the car. Yeah, get in the car. Go drive around. Find a sunset. Find a back road. Find a sunset. Yeah. Make sure, you know, there's no people, no cops around. Don't want to get arrested for public indecency or whatever the charge is when you have sex in public. I don't know. But, mm. Mm-hmm. yeah, ditch the routine. I haven't got that one spice yet. Spice it up. If you guys have ways that we can spice it up, let us know. We're always up for new ideas. What's the last tip? Number six. Sex is the appetizer, y'all. All right. This is the number one thing that we have been implementing over the past year in our relationship. And it has been so, so helpful. Um, and just both getting what we want out of our sexual relationship and out of our date nights. And so what I mean by sex is the appetizer is have sex before you go out to dinner. If you're going to have a date night, you're going to go out and get you know, drinks together. You're going to go do whatever, bowling. Have sex before. You know, if you are having a wonderful time and you want to have sex again when you get back, that'll just be bonus. And that'll be super, super fun. But a lot of times what happens is if you wait to the very end of your date night, after you've eaten a ton at a restaurant, you've drank all night long or whatever it is that you do, you're going to be full. You're going to be bloated. You're going to be tired. You're going to not be feeling hot. Yeah, especially if you have dessert after and you eat ice cream or you go do something. You're not going to be feeling sexy and you're going to be tired and want to go to sleep or watch TV and wind down and just spend cuddle time together. So something that's really, really helped us is having sex before we go out to dinner, before we go on our date night. It'll change everything about your sex game. Josh, what what has it been like for you? I think it's relieved a lot of the, um, not necessarily bitterness, but like, Help me out here. What's a better word? The resentment. The resentment a little bit towards it. Because if if we go out on a date and we've talked about it after or before and we're talking about having sex later once we get back and then the date either takes longer, we meet someone while we're out, we do something that mm. takes a little bit, a little bit longer, you're full or whatever, and I'm still expecting to have sex, then when that doesn't happen, it only like loses confidence in it right. happening next time. Right. And whenever that happens and it repeats itself, then that's when you do start to resent it. And you're like, oh, that's not going to happen. You start to have doubts. And so doing this before takes all of that pressure off. What this actually does is whenever you go on your dates, you have something so fun to talk about. You know, you get to talk about everything that you did, that you liked, that went great, that didn't go great. Whatever it was about the whole experience, you now have something fresh to talk about instead of the same old conversations of how was your work week? What did yeah. you do today? Did you have a good day? What are you doing this weekend? Things like that. Yeah, because it's so fun to like sit there and like, you know, you're at dinner in a public setting. You're like, so baby, did you like when I did this earlier? And you're kind of like trying to say it quiet. It has that like hush, hush feel to it. It gives you that like, ooh, we're on a date. Like we're talking about sexy things like at a table in public. It gives you that feeling and you can actually talk about something that happened instead of, having that awkward, like, ooh, I can't wait till later, baby. Because that's not, I mean, it's fun, but I just don't feel like we 
we've really done that a lot in our marriage. Right. And I feel like when it just comes out more naturally when you've just had sex. It's like you you want to talk about it because you, it's something you just experienced rather than talking about something that you want to happen later. Mm-hmm. And then when it doesn't happen, like you said, maybe you're talking about a dinner. Oh, I can't wait to have sex with you, baby. Then afterwards I get home and I pass out on the couch because I'm tired. Well, you're like, what the heck? She was telling me at dinner that she wanted to have sex with me. Right. And then you feel let down. Blue balled. Yeah, blue balled. And I didn't even mean to. So right. I think it's a great way, great tip to kind of end off. So we wanted to go through those kind of quick, quick hitter them. Let's run through. Let's run through each of the six real quick. Leave them with. We'll leave them with the six tips. Number one, naked while you're fighting. Number two, communication first. Number three, schedule it. Number four, keep sex separate. Number five, ditch the routine. And lastly, sex is the appetizer. Even if you just incorporate one of these tips um, in the next couple of weeks into your relationship, dating, marriage, partnership, whatever you're a part of, um, let us know how it works and let us know if it helps you increase your sex life or make it better because it definitely has for us. So, All right, Josh. I think the next thing we need to talk about is really important, and we're so thankful for our friend Maggie. Who's shout out Maggie. Shout out the Magsters. Um, she is one of my very, very best friends from childhood, and she's actually studying to be a sex therapist. And so she had an assignment for her master's class and came over and interviewed Josh and I as a couple, and it was really, really amazing. She, she ended up staying for like two and a half, three hours, and it was like the best counseling session I ever had, and it was amazing because it was with one of my friends. Um, So I felt like I could really open up and talk to her. But she left us with this exercise to do once we were alone and by ourselves. And so these are 10 questions that she's asked of it or that she asked us to ask each other. And we want to share them with you. The reason we want to share these with you is for you to take this exercise and do this with your partner. We want you to pause this after we read the question, ask your partner, and then have them ask the same question to you back. What we hope is that you'll find in discovering this, you'll better understand each other and your relationship will begin to flourish even more. Yeah. So, um, like he said, come back to this episode, ask each other the questions. Number one, Josh, get into it. What ways do you show me that you are initiating sex? Give me details and examples. Number two, would you be interested in using sex toys? Which ones? If they need a list and they don't know what a sex toy is, give them dildo, vibrator, penis ring, or other as an option. (laughs) I'm just reading the paper, Josh. Don't freaking laugh at me. (laughs) These are the questions that were asked of us. So, Are we allowed to say penis ring? Yes. What is a penis ring? Is that like... It's like when you put a PTO... It like goes over the top. On your wiener. And it like vibrates and has little spikes. No, it's like that candy, you know? No. Like the gummy... Those are peaches. The gummy lifesavers. Peachios, peachos. I don't. I don't know. If I think that's called. when a, a guy gets a pierce on his on his pecker. No, that's something entirely different. What, is what else called? would it be called a penis ring for? I think a penis ring is one of those little circle rings that slides over the penis and it sits at the bottom and it like vibrates. You know, I think it's actually like a piercing that goes through the urethra and like pinches it shut. Yeah, okay, moving on. (laughs) Like a little bull ring. Get out of here. Oh my gosh, that's so nasty. Okay, next question. You're up. Penis rings. All right. Um, (laughs) What question are we even on? Okay, I'll just do it. Quit doing that. You're distracting me. Uh, Sorry. Uh, The next question is, what would you enjoy doing during foreplay? 
That was supposed to be what I was supposed to read. Yeah, but you couldn't remember it. You All right. Giggling. What would you enjoy doing during foreplay? Next question. How much time would you like to spend during foreplay? Hmm. How did you learn about the birds and the bees? Was it your friends, your parents, siblings, TV, the internet, porn? Talk about this. Next question. Are you the high desire or low desire spouse? What does that mean? Um, so that just means I think in any partnership, naturally one person is going to be a little more hypersexual than the other. Um, it's not a good or bad thing. It's just how it is. And so if you're both the exact same sex drive, good for you. You won. That's awesome. That'll be really good for your communication and your sex life. But normally how it works out is one person has a higher sex drive. So okay. that's what that question means. Which, which one are you? Higher cool. low desire spouse. How can we verbally express satisfaction during sex? Is that like making sounds? Is that talking? Talking to each is it other? Complimenting? Is it so just screaming? Verbally, okay. Verbally, how to express satisfaction? <laughs> screaming? Wah! <laughs> 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 oh my gosh! Okay. Um, how would you like to be held before, during, or after sex? And, and, or, could be all of them. Am I reading your questions? Yeah, you're reading Sorry. my questions, homie. All right, last question, question number 10. What would you like to see me wear or not wear? Mm. I like what you're wearing right now. I'm sure you do. Yeah, I think you I'm look great. I'm sure you do. All right, guys. Well, ending on that note, and what would you like to see me wear, Josh? I think we're going to wrap up this episode and call it a night because Josh and I have been sitting across this table each other naked the whole time and I think it's we uh we uh go test out some of these practices and see how good they work. What do you say, Josh? I think I want to make the innards of your thighs my earmuffs. Oh we cannot we can <laughs> this podcast <laughs> Well, guys, we hope you got some quick hitter tips for how to increase your sex life, and we will see you in the next one. Peace out. Bye.